folks, welcome to the Virtue Signal. I am sitting with Bill Whittle, one of the hardest working men uh, that I know in conservative media. It's a media. coal mine. It's a coal mine. I go down to the coal mine every day and <laughs> 16 hours, load 16 tons of water. Mm -hmm. I, I, feel, I almost feel like I need to bring you out one of them uh, them capes, man, and drink what we like. James Brown, man, was James. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Make it funky. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> and, and speaking of which, and I'm talking about it because I tell you what, folks. Uh, to keep this operation going, man, Bill is 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 working overtime, uh, and you know, hey, as it is right now with this economy, I think everybody's getting a taste of what it's like to have to like try to just keep on working, and uh, even if you're not employed, you're trying to you you working hard, you working hard just as hard to find a job. At least I hope you are, uh, then uh, and not just sitting home uh, waiting for a stimulus check, but just working just as hard to find a job as you would at an actual job. And uh, even on my end, uh, man, I got, look at me, look, I'm not even ready for camera right now. I got paint all over my hands because with y'all's support, you know, I'm trying to make, you know, my studio here better, you know, so I can bring you guys, you know, a better, you know, uh, something a, a little nicer to look on camera as we do these productions and stuff like that. And, uh, and I guess maybe what I'm trying to get down to here is uh, uh, Bill is, is work ethic, right? Yeah, good and, topic. You know, it's a, a good work. And, and as it is right now, you know, we got a lot of folks uh, who are unemployed and a big part of why they're unemployed. There's a lot of factors that play into it. And uh, I'm thinking like one of the things that comes to mind is like I'm thinking about Amazon, Amazon, you know, with their whole virtue signal, talking about how they're going to be paying their employees like fifteen dollars an hour or twenty dollars an hour. And they laying people off now. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, you know, you guys did this. Funny how that works. Right? Yeah. No, it's, it's you guys. You know, made this uh, uh, this push to to show how ethical you guys are about hiring people, and it cost you, and mm -hmm. and even the jobs that people are doing, uh, a lot of times they cost themselves jobs in the what they feel entitled to at their job, and and it's like, look, not to be condescending or anything like that, but your job, the fair market value of your job, is not worth what your job is. And it's costing you. It is costing other people. And, uh, and the jobs that you want to do um, probably shouldn't be jobs that you should be doing. And I've seen that in the healthcare industry. I've seen that in different kinds of jobs. But, I mean, if you want to, like, you know, take it from... That's just what's coming to my mind right now, Bill, is, is one of the things that America is, is dealing with is, is, a, um, is, a, is a work ethic uh, yeah. issue. Am I... Am I, am I no, you're dead. That. You're dead on. Dead on. Spot on. And um, that's not only a source of a lot of our economic problems, but a lot of our political and spiritual problems as well. Um, so the work ethic uh, is new in terms of human history. It's very new. It goes back to about 1776 or somewhere in that neighborhood. And people hearing this who who either don't understand America as Americans or from overseas think. Oh, so it's just that when your country along came along, everything suddenly started to work. I'm not saying there wasn't a work ethic before uh, the United States came along, but the idea of leaving people alone so they could work harder than they need to in order to get a larger reward is new. You could work your tail off for the czar. It's not going to matter. It's not going to change your status. So if it doesn't change your status, then why would you do it? So, so that risk, sorry, that work and reward connection is essential. It's not, I, I'll talk about it economically for a second, then about, about it spiritually. It's essential. I have a reward. I want it. I will then decide how much I want it and how big of that reward is, and then I will make a decision on how much effort I want to put into it. And people with a strong work ethic 
understand that, but they understand something that's much more important. When you, when you look at people with a really strong work ethic, you think, wow, that's incredible discipline. Yeah, that's true, they have discipline. And you think, well, maybe they have discipline because they have these high goals that they want to achieve. Yeah, they, they have those. Some of these guys want to go to Mars, for example. That's, that's, that takes a lot of work. But the one thing that they've realized that is essential to this is that the ability to invest a great deal of time, effort, labor, love, and sweat into something is what gives the reward meaning. And when you achieve a goal in that way, you feel a sense of fulfillment that doesn't come from any other source. It's not to say that there aren't other sources of, of you know, love in your life and so on, but the ability to do a hard job well and to be able to look back on it and say, you know what, that I, I did a, I, I, that's a damn nice, that's a damn nice chair I built there. That is the highest form of gratification that, that humans can achieve. And, and that is not only eroding, I mean, that connection between work and reward is being snipped and has been for 20 years. My problem with the, um, with the self-esteem movement, it's not like it was hard to figure out. We were talking about this 20 years ago, right? Prior to this self-esteem movement, prior to intellectuals getting a hold of something, it was clear that the way you develop self-esteem was to go out and get good at something. And the way you got good at something was to start out by being bad at that thing, right? So I'm going to go out and I'm going to fail, and then I'm going to learn the lessons of failure. And one of the, in fact, the most important lesson I'm going to learn about the failure is, is that I can get up after a failure and go out and fail again. Now, hopefully the second time you fail, it's not because of the same reasons you failed the first time. You're failing at some, some new level, right? But this idea that you would start, the, the, the thing that makes America work is, yeah, you want to feel good about yourself? Give yourself a task, perform that task. Give yourself the reward, money reward, psychological reward, pat yourself on the back, set a higher goal, and so on. Now, the self-esteem movement decided that this whole thing, to do this whole thing completely backwards. The self-esteem movement, woke politics basically says that you've got to tell a kid that he's a genius before he can go out and do advanced mathematics. Because if he doesn't have the confidence, then how is he ever going to go do advanced mathematics? And the problem with that is... All you end up with is, is, is a narcissistic, entitled person who doesn't understand why they're not able to live up to these labels that have been tacked on them since they were born. So it, it, it not only doesn't achieve the goal, it, it cuts the possibility of the goal off. You can't give somebody the reward before the work and expect them to feel good about it. They will get nothing but rewards, they'll do none of the work, and their self-esteem will continue to go down, 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 and that's exactly what we're seeing today. Indeed, man. And when they go in, uh, you know, with that kind of attitude, uh, they take the attitude into work and, and uh, thinking that I'm just slaving for the man and I deserve better than this and I'm, I'm entitled to more than this. Uh, right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just making work, uh, working to make somebody else rich. And they associate, they associate you know, being a, a servant at their job to like slavery. And it's like, no, you're, you're, you're way off. There is an idea that, yes, you are enslaved too. That's true. And the more these uh ideas are entertained that in itself will put you in, in in a type of shackles and yes we are getting shackled to a system we are being manipulated into a system mm -hmm. you have politicians who pattern things like that and of course we have you know beyond our american politics our global politics and when we talk about uh the world economic forum they're they're banking on stuff like this they yeah, they, they want people to have these uh this mindset of uh having um Dependency uh, and entitlement, yeah. Absolutely. And the thing is, you know, if you really want to earn 
that self-esteem that you know that Bill is talking about, and you really want to um, you really want to take it to the next level of where where you could be with your dreams. You got to know what it's like to work for people. You know. Well, here's yeah. This is this is the thing that's so miraculous about private property and, and a free enterprise system. Um, people think, oh, well, that guy's Richie owns a skyscraper. Yeah, well, you own a hoodie. It's yours. Mm-hmm. No one can take it from you. It's not given to you by the king. It's not leased to you by, well, they're, they're working on it, but <laughs> yeah. it's not leased. It's, it's yours. It's, it's Maybe it's just an old hoodie, but it's yours. You own it, right? And, and the thing about the work ethic is that everybody can, first of all, it doesn't force anybody to do more than they want to do or allow them to do less than they should do. Uh, an example on a video that I did a while ago that I'm going to repost in the near future basically says, okay, let's say you get $40 to mow a lawn, right? And and you're a teenage kid and you want a pair of track shoes. Well, you can buy a pair of track shoes at, at Target for 40 bucks, the lowest, cheapest, nastiest track, track shoes there are. But if you want $400 track shoes, then you have to mow 10 lawns, right? And And now your choices are out in front of you. That's what those things cost. Do you want them enough to mow 10 lawns? Or do you just want to have one lot? You just want to mow one lawn this week? Here's your, here's your low-end track shoes, maybe somewhere in the dip, in the middle. Maybe you want to do five of them, right? And get the, you know, and get and get a slightly less um, you know, prestigious brand. But the point of it all is, is that when you understand the connection then you can calibrate your work to whatever your comfort level is. And this connection has not only not been taught to people, it's been actively debased and, 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 uh, and insulted and ridiculed and demonized, you know? So, oh, guys, Richie, look, this person, I, I hate to keep coming back to Elon Musk, he's just such an obviously clear example, right? He's the richest man in the world. There's no question about it. If Elon Musk was the richest man in the world and he'd inherited it from his father who had been the richest man in the world, we wouldn't have the same respect for him. Elon Musk is the richest man in the world because I personally cannot think of anybody on earth who works longer and harder than Elon Musk. I've never seen him relax. I'm not aware of a picture of him on a beach anywhere ever. I'm not saying he hasn't, but I'm saying every time I see this guy, he's on the floor, shop floor at Tesla's on, he's on like Derek's out at, you know, at SpaceX, he's, he's, he, he works his tail off and he is operating now on such a high level that that discipline is paying off because he has, over the course of his lifetime, worked so hard and so smart that he has made himself as a property, as a commodity, he's made himself so valuable that he is in fact the most valuable human in the world in terms of what he can provide other people in exchange for their money. It's not hard, right? It's really simple. And it's not evil either because no one's coercing you. No one's forcing you. No one's got you working in a gulag. You want to look, if you want to, if you want to work a minimum wage job and live in a, you know, three, $400 apartment in a, in a really seedy part of town. And all you want is a refrigerator and electricity. So you can play video games all day and night rock on, right? That is your business, not mine. But when you present the idea that wealth is something that's bestowed by the system, and especially when wealth is prese- prevented right, by the system, you would be rich if it weren't for this institutionalized fill-in-the-blank, right? Then you are, you're setting up people for entitlement, and, and envy and entitlement are the two emotions that are, that are most guaranteed to make sure you never succeed in life, ever. Those two.
Definitely, man. And it's, you know, when people feel like they don't have to, you know, work, they, they, they want to live the lavish life that uh, I guess they see their influencers living and things like that. And it's, look, you have a better chance. A lot, those things don't just fall into your lap. Chances are you're going to have to know what it's like to work for somebody. Because when you get to that lavish, big lifestyle or whichever it is that you want, well, guess what? Somebody going to have to work for you. And you're going to have disgruntled employees who are going to be like, I don't want to be making the man rich. I don't want to be working for somebody else. And you're going to have those people. Cut, get rid of those people like cancer. Right, That's right. tumors. You have to cut those tumors out immediately. Yes. Before they metastasize. Right. Because basically these people are just like you. And if, and if they're just like you or you had that attitude, chances are you're going to be dirty. You're going to do dirty by your employees. And then you're going to have some real big problems. So, you mm -hmm. know, it's, it's like take those things into consideration. Like even, even people like uh, Joseph. You know, Joseph, his brothers did him dirty and they and they basically uh, set him up to where he was in slavery. But he didn't butthurt about it and, and start whining. I don't want to be working for the man. He kept an attitude of service. He didn't keep a, yep. a slave mindset. He had an attitude of service to where he Let ended me. up being viceroy of Egypt. Right. That's where that took him. Or even when the Bible says, hey, if you're if your uh, commanding officer tells you to tear to carry his weapons one mile, carry them too. Why? Mm -hmm. it's, it's not you're not, you're not being a suck up or a company man. He's going to end up trusting you more than anybody else, right? It's that simple. You want to be. You want to end up being. You you go from not just being his servant. You end up being his lieutenant, right? That's where you want to end up going. And then you'll be his successor. And then you'll be the top guy. Thank you. You know that's uh, that's yeah. that's the attitude. now. I'm not judging y'all because I tell you what, man. I tell you what. If anybody had a bad work ethic, it's this dude right here. I had a really bad work. I wanted jobs basically to stroke my self-esteem. You know, I, I, I did jobs in the medical industry, not a place I should have been. And I see a lot of people working in the medical industry that should not be there because they just want the prestigious of the, the, the prestige of the title. I see a lot of people on the streets of Los Angeles who obviously had been in your care at some point or another, and they're not doing very well. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. And, and so, so that's got a witness. You testify, right? And, uh, yep. Or even, even working in um, you know, the aircraft industry, man, fueling airplanes. I shouldn't have been there. I, sh I should not. I sh you should not. As much as I love avi aviation, I know that I was in the job because of the title, right? This mm -hmm. is what I had access to. I can get this job. I shouldn't have been there. Okay. There are certain jobs that people just should not do. And I don't know what happened uh, at some point, Bill. I, my, my attitude towards work, it just totally changed. I think it was um, it was when I had a, a scaffolding job, right? I was doing scaffolding. This wasn't, like, this wasn't like the scaffolding where, you know, you use like the wooden planks and stuff like that. Everything we worked with was freaking metal, right? And heavy, yeah. you know? And uh, so I don't know, man. I got called to the site. I did the job. No, I don't think, I, I think other than, the, other than you, Bill, other than you, nobody has actually asked me to stay on for a job and, and, and like, like keep me and keep coming and say, hey man, I think we want to hire you. Actually vet me to say, I want to hire you. Funny right? you mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell and you. This is, I mean, no. of course I've worked other jobs since then, but like even no, starting no, no. at PJTV, it's like, yeah. No, you, you got it. Right? You said something changed. And what happens is it takes a while for life to beat the stupid out of you. Yeah. That's, that's what, that's. Why you supposed to get wiser as you get older? Yes. You talked about the slavery mindset. Mm. There is something that is in relatively new in our in our culture. It's actually connected to the self esteem movement, um, and and it's a it's a it's a mirage. It's a false illusion, and that is the prosperity mindset. There are people out there who say all you have to do is visualize yourself in 
the place you want to be, and then it will happen. Mm. Really, pretty much verbatim, that's what they say, right? Just imagine yourself in, in a, you know, if you want a luxury house, just imagine yourself in a luxury house, or maybe go and, if you, if you see yourself in nice clothes, go buy a set of nice clothes, get used to being rich, this kind of thing, right? That's magical thinking. And, and Edison said, you know, success, 99%, one, 99% perspiration, 1% inspiration. Mm. And, and they le they're leaving out the perspiration part. So I know a lot of people who fell victim to this and it's like, well, I'm going to, no, things are going to work out because I'm thinking positive and I got a clear goal and so on and so on and so on and so on. And I'm thinking, so what's the work? Where's the work come in? Because it, you do not get success without work. You can have people hand you money, but that's other people working for your benefit. Mm -hmm. Work and, and reward are in, are inextricably bound together. And the people that are selling the prosperity mindset are selling so much of it because it's easy. It's like dope, right? It's like, you want to be rich? Yeah, I'll show you the techniques on how to be rich. Do I, what do I have to do? Do I have to work all this time? I don't want to work three jobs. No, 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 no. All you have to do is visualize yourself and no, 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 oh, and then it will happen. It doesn't work that way. Mm. Now, with that said, you, um, you will succeed or fail based on which one you believe you're going to accomplish, right? You have to have a positive attitude. You have to have resilience. You have to expect failure. All of these things are, are built into this. But, but I just wanted to mention that there, that there, is a, there are people out there selling a shortcut yeah. that sounds like work ethic, but it's not. It's, it's just ethic because there's no work in it. Indeed, man. And, you know, it's, it's, you want to go into your job, be grateful for your job, it's you're not there permanently. If it's an entry level job or anything like that, just work the job. And and as you're building on your talents and building on your idea of what you want to do for a career. But remember, you know, you you, you got to work for somebody because people are going to end up working for you. And you know, I think one of the the signs of the times, Bill, is when I think about work ethic. And you have these people who want to go on to their jobs, and they want to assume that they can be whatever they want to be on somebody else's property, on somebody else's dime. You know, when I when I was doing that scaffolding job, uh, you know, the, the the planks, man, they would leave like, you know, um, they would basically cut into your skin. Right. You, you, you'd go home, you know, bloody a lot of times. Right. And and the foreman said, um, you know what you use for that? Maxi pads. Right. So check it out. You got a person working in scaffolding going into the store. Buying maxi pads for himself. And this is what you did to go to work. Now, how do you not how do you not respect a man who who whose job requires him to to buy maxi pads to soak up the blood from the cuts that he has to get at work every day? How do you not respect a guy who does that kind of? Thing? I tell you what, hey, and and I would I I can appreciate the respect, but now we want we want respect for men who actually go into the store to get maxi pads. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's some experience I haven't had yet, so maybe I need to rethink that. And and, and I don't know what they, uh, where they, I don't even want to get into what, you know, where yeah, they Yeah, yeah, just, but, just, that's enough information on that one. But the, the, the signs of the times, Bill. You know, we talk about where... No, it, no, that's it, it, but I'm impressed by it, so I am. <laughs> so, folks... I really am. <laughs> well, hey, you know, you, you do what you got to do. And, and steps like that, that was like building a scaffolding, you know, to, to where it is I'm trying to get to it. It helped to get me... Here to be able to talk with y'all. You guys are crazy enough to hear our observations just, on things. Just a small little point I want to add mm -hmm. to this, just because it just flew into my head. 
those maxi pads are not there forever, right? Presumably, if you do this work long enough, you would develop enough calluses on your hand, mm -hmm. right? So that this no longer happens, isn't that it? Well, it's, it's your shoulders, because you know, you're carrying the planks on your shoulders, so that you, you uh, but, it, but certainly, the, certainly the guys who've been doing the job for 20 years don't keep cutting their hands up, do they? Uh, I, I haven't really seen that. I mean, yeah, your hands do get calloused. I mean, don't get okay, me wrong. So, so the, yeah. the point I was trying to make is, is that calluses are an important thing yes. to realize, right? Anything that seems painful to you when you start, mm. You, if you stay at it, you you will build up a resistance to it, and and you will build up calluses that protect you from. I don't want to do this; it hurts. Right. But but you know that's why they call the the, the these these you know why you're a tenderfoot, right? You know, in, in, in scouting or whatever it was, you're a tenderfoot because when you try to walk across pebbles, it hurts. Yes. But if you walk across pebbles for long enough, you won't even feel it anymore. The soles on your on your on your feet will become like shoes, and and I just wanted to throw that in there because it's one of the one of the um, aids, it's one of the helpers that comes with the work ethic, and it's not talked about very often. Absolutely, man. And, and, and even speaking of calluses, uh, you know, when you want to, you know, build it, like in martial arts, one of the things that's highly prized is how much callus, you know, you have on your hands. And, yeah. uh, you know, and my instructor, you know, uh, he kind of broke that school of thought. He's like, look, man, calluses are great and everything like that. But if you don't have the, the sensitivity, if you don't have the full function to be able to pick up a penny, you know, when you're dealing with your opponent, you have to be very sensitive to what it is that they're doing. Yeah, that's doing. right. Yeah. You know, so and, and it's and that you can't just have mitts. Yeah, right. And 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 that goes the same thing with work ethic. Read the room. Be sensitive to what's going on. You're there to provide a service. You know, so be sensitive. And your and your employer should be sensitive to you, of course. It's a two way street. You know, you can't go in there with the animosities and prejudice against your employees. And 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 uh, and as the same, what was that movie? Uh, I think it was Clerks. Just because they serve you doesn't mean they like you, right? It's like, look. You know, have an attitude of gratitude. Go in there. You got a job to do. If it's an entry-level job, you're not there forever. I, I, I had to beat this into myself at some point. You know, like you said, sometimes life will beat the stupid out of you. And uh, so I'm just seeing that as, as a lot right now is that people, they're not on the frequency to be of service. They're, 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 they're on a self-esteem kick. And they think that they're entitled to something at their job that their job really wasn't meant to give to them. So maybe going forward, folks, if, you, if you're new to this show and, and, you, and you know people like that or have come to the conclusion that you might be that kind of person yourself, I had to come to that reality check too, right? Hey, well, you're in a step in the right direction to help making this country, making America great again. How about that? All right, y'all. Thank you so much. For Bill Whittle, Malfonso Rachel, Virtue Signal. Share it.